0: From the outside, it looks like an ordinary kind of start-up home. It's, it's, I suppose, anything but ordinary once the door is opened. For a start, they found a a spa, they found a gym, they found, like, well, really what looks like a pub in the back garden. Incredible fittings, home entertainment systems, just the, the absolute best of
1: the best. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, A podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. It's listed along with highly sought-after properties in Dublin's residential suburbs. In a city where generations have been priced out of the housing market, number 2 Raleigh Square in Crumlin at €400,000 could be seen as a bargain. But this is no ordinary house, and it won't be for every buyer, as it was once the home of cocaine cowboy and senior Kinnahan associate Liam Byrne. In 2016, the property was raided by the Criminal Assets Bureau and was later seized by Order of the Courts. When it is sold, the Irish state will pocket the money, deemed to be the proceeds of crime. But is the asking price just a drop in the ocean for the millionaire drug lords? Or is the sale of number two a victory for the state? Today, I'm joined by Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald to discuss the lavish spend which turned an ordinary house into a grand design, the treasure trove Gardie found behind the hall door, and the significance of the sale of the property. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. there's a house up for sale there on uh, on Irish websites house sale websites number two rally Square which looks vaguely ordinary on the outside except that it's boarded up it's priced at four hundred thousand euro but if you delve deeper you find a video which shows you what's in behind the hall door and it really is a grand design isn't it Niall
0: yeah I mean it's it's a it's an ordinary it looks from from the outside it looks like an ordinary Kind of startup home that have become so so popular in in parts of Crumlin as it's been bought by young couples, but it, it's I suppose anything but ordinary once the doors opened and it was uh, the home of Liam Byrne, uh, one of the key figures in organised crime, not just in recent years but probably over a twenty year period, and uh, once you go inside the un- unimpressive. Uh, Door, you come into a, a home that had been fitted out with a spa room, a gym, a bar, incredible amount of money pumped into into disord- into making this ordinary home look into something like a, a, a bling palace, I suppose.
1: For sure. I mean, documents before the courts, which we'll come to, actually discovered that there was 750,000 placed into the refurbishments of this home, given that it's only... It's up on the market for four hundred thousand. And You know my maths aren't brilliant, but I'm still seeing that maybe it could be a uh, there could be some money to be made there if if you if you chose to to live here. But let's talk about Rally Square and um, the significance of it. Rally Square in Crumlin, and Crumlin for those listening who don't know Dublin is a working class suburb of Dublin which has been blighted really by. Drug gangs and by gang wars. Um, at the turn of the century, it was the centre of a Crumlin Drimnagh feud, which was the the um, a row between two sides of a, a a once united drug gang, and and Liam Byrne himself was on one side of it. Um, Eighteen people were were killed during that feud, and later um, key personnel from the Crumlin area took up arms for the uh, the the Kinnahan mafia side in the Kinahan Hutch feud. So, um, you know, Crumlin mainly populated by ordinary hard-working people, but unfortunately it has a bit of a name because of those reasons. Now, Raleigh Square itself, the buildings are red brick, look kind of English Army style, and I know there's a lot of the homes in that area that are uh, were built by by the British Army for their soldiers. Now, they're Lovely looking houses, and um, the square itself is more of a, 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 an O shape rather than a square. And I think there's some interesting people living around it. It was once. Um, well, tell us about Jawsburn, James Jawsburn, who's just a few doors away. Well,
0: uh, Jaws Byrne is is the father of 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 Liam Byrne and the father of David Byrne, who was. Uh, the person, uh, the the who was killed in the Regency Hotel attack, um, Jaws Byrne um, was somebody that had uh, been involved with the criminals growing up around the era of Martin Cahill, the general. Um, he was um, uh, a well known figure to to. Gardi I think he was actually a fro- a forger he had convictions for he had convictions for fraud um, and he be, he'd been himself a target for the criminal assets Bureau um, as a result of these criminal activities he was uh, a very um, uh, well-known figure I suppose in that in that general uh, scene and then he started uh, reappearing back on the radar I suppose in the early 2000s as he was moving between Spain um, uh and Ireland and um had had a long-term ties with a, a lot of these figures um he has a number of children including uh this his sons Liam and David um in particular who at the age of their in their late teens and early 20s <clears throat> um became involved in what was really um it could be described as a Celtic Tiger boom in criminality, I suppose. And um, these these were young young men. And um, you had a, a boom time for uh, drug consumption in Ireland, uh, probably coming after the the rave scenes emerged in Dublin. Um, that was followed by a boom in cocaine dealing. And um, back in the maybe in 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 the the eighties. There'd be money to be made in, in, in heroin, which is and drugs like that. And obviously cannabis and stuff like that. But there were much more, uh, pockets of, 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 of money to be made. But these guys came to prominence as just like in the Celtic Tiger when, when all of a sudden you had guys in their early twenties who were making millions out of property. All of a sudden these guys were making millions out of, um, cocaine, uh, primarily uh, and other drugs and they had um there was a network of people lean burn rose to the top of that connections true as is his his family connections in in older criminals also
1: and of course through bomber kavna thomas bomber kavna who we, you and i spoke about last week that was the, bro- the brother-in-law.
0: Yes, and, and through his cousin, his cousin, uh, Fat Freddie Thompson, his first cousin, Fat Freddie Thompson. Um, his other uh, connections, uh, another first cousin, Liam Rowe, who was also part of the, ultimately be part of the cab proceedings. and But Lean Byrne in particular was one that stood out. Um, now, if you remember, these guys were in their early 20s at the time. That's, you know, well over 20 years ago. So that's how long a criminal career these guys have had. And remember, these guys have been w- w- in one way or another under threat uh, of violence because, as that gang, like these, like as happens, as this gang has the money, and maybe replicating other things in society, as the money grew, the stakes grew higher, and the, the level of uh, access to guns and weapons. But as that all that 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 boomed, um, there was a, a split within a ga- within that that young gang, and that led um to the Crumlin the feud, um, which was one of the, the the the, most bloody feuds I suppose in in Irish gangland history.
1: Most definitely, I mean. Liam Byrne himself was, I think, at one point he was arrested over an assault and he was involved in threatening a witness or certainly it was alleged that um, him and some associates had threatened a witness. So he was himself a kind of a, he was a violent guy himself. Now, he doesn't appear to smoke or drink or have too many vices, but, and he's a family man, a bit like his his cousin, uh, Freddie Thompson. Um, But married to Simone McEnroe, and he built his home there, his forever home in Raleigh Square, a couple of doors away from his his father, Jaws, and mother, Sadie Byrne. Um, across the road, his brother, David Byrne, set up home, again in, a, in a, a kind of an ordinary starter house, but behind the hall door, I think it was also done up lavishly. And again, just... Some a short distance away at Kildare Road, Sean McGovern, who was an almost an honorary member of the Byrne family and Liam Byrne's business partner, um in what was put forward as a, a legitimate car business, LS Active Cars. He 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 was living up on, on um on Kildare Road. You could actually see that house from from Joe's property, so it was almost like a conclave they had. If
0: you were a guard uh, officer looking to keep an eye on them, they couldn't have picked a harder place. Um, you know, they, they, they. You know, it's a, it's a, it's not somewhere where you could sit and watch unobtrusively. Um, and you know, it, it, it. I suppose it satisfied what happened is uh, during the the two thousands is that. Criminals came to realise that um, the John Gilligan route, where you just buy a big, massive mansion um, in the middle of the country and nobody's going to say anything to you, it's just not possible anymore. So you saw um, criminals increasingly buying modest homes, and you know which where there's a record, there's a there's a mortgage, there's payments, and then spending incredible amounts of wealth on doing those homes up, which is much harder to trace and prove. And, and you know, um, lean burns certainly follow that model.
1: Yeah, so by about 2014 or 2015, while we would have always been aware of the burns, they really started coming on the radar of the Sunday world because of their general bling. I mean, these were the cocaine cowboys. They were driving around Dublin in Rolls Royces, Bentleys, we photographed them at one point in 2015 in a Mercedes G-Wagon. Um, they had the Range Rover autobiography, which had the bar fitted inside it and the uh, neon lights along the bottom of it. You couldn't miss that. They were extravagant beyond belief, particularly the Byrne brothers. They were partying on Leeson Street. They were pulling up their cars around the Westbury of Grafton Street. They were shopping in Brown Thomas. I mean, this was a country where, in 1996, the Criminal Assets Bureau was established following the murder of Veronica Gearan and the demise of John Gilligan, where criminals were not supposed to be able to spend their wealth. They were, you know, if they had wealth, the Criminal Assets Bureau would go after them in the in the civil courts and take it. And it's up to the criminal to prove how they legitimately earned the money, which it makes, it makes that Criminal Assets Bureau legislation unique and it makes it so workable. That the criminal assets bureau identify what it is—be it houses, cars, uh, et cetera, that criminals have, and in more recent times, they've been identifying lifestyles, payments for holidays, things that can't actually be seized, but that show a wealth. And uh, once they can do that, they're they're getting places in the courts with 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 assets that uh, the criminals are arguing maybe they were you know passed it down from family members or gifted them. But um, the Burns were really showing off their money. They were holidaying in in Spain, in Dubai, in Cancun. They were Instagram gangsters. They were putting photographs of their wealth up on, well, Facebook back then and also on Instagram and and, um, wherever they could, basically. Um, And I think around that time... We actually hired a plane and flew over number two Rally Square because we knew that there was something seri- some serious construction going on at the back of it, but you couldn't see it from the road because it was so tight. Um, and we did see an extension that took over the entire back garden. It was quite extraordinary.
0: Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I think in in a funny way, after op- Operation Shovel in 2010, um, which, which was meant to have shut down the Keenan cartel, sometime after that they seem to have really become an absolutely they seem to have stepped up and become an absolutely massive uh, drug dealing operation Europe wide the money seemed to just be absolutely endless um, and the burns really were their franchise operators lean burn was was the head of the the burn organized crime gang was the franchise operator in in Ireland and at, at around that time between 2011 2000 and up until the regency there just seemed to be um they seemed to have had a large network of people around them huge groups of of, of young soldiers i suppose who were just living and um, the lifestyle of you know that you, that you associate with the rich and famous of 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 you know celebrities and billionaires children and um, <coughs> At that time, they, the, the money was being pumped into, the, into that, that home in Raleigh Square. And we were hearing about this. We were hearing about jet skis, bikes, young teenagers going around in big, massive cars. But yeah, we, we flew over and saw this incredible uh, extension place on the
1: back of this home. There was a playground, I think, on the roof of it. And while uh, we couldn't see what was inside, in, in March 2016, when the Criminal Assets Bureau... And I should say, by the way, Niall, there was a period of time there, that time you are talking about between 2011 and, and maybe 2015, 2016, there had been cutbacks within the Garda corner but the cab appeared to be asleep. It wasn't out there. It was doing very little. Certainly, there was no publicity around what it was doing. And actually, if you look at the figures in the that went of the the stuff that went through the courts it had dropped off very significantly in that period of time now in march 2016 one month after the regency hotel criminal assets bureau officers with an angle grinder cut their way into that home because the door on the front of number 2 rally square was a bullet resistant door uh, in the same way the windows were because not only was this house um you know a display of wealth, but it was also a place of safety for Liam Byrne, as you say. As things got more violent, as the stakes were upped, his life was constantly in danger. So, the criminal justice bureau, what did they find when they when they went in that door?
0: Well, um, they they found uh, first and foremost they found um, that all of this. See, I think what what had, what had gone on is that they gangs like the Byrne Organised Crime Group had come to the the belief that that they could spend this money and not be held accountable in terms of, you know, in terms of uh, renovations and uh, etc. And every single one of them uh, that have come before the court seem to have pointed out a compensation claim as, as a justification for why this wealth was there, <laughs> uh, which is a, a really interesting phenomenon. So, I mean, they found, uh, for a start, they found a spa, a spa, uh, they found a gym, and um, they found uh, you know uh, a, bar, uh, a like what well, really what looks like a a, a, a proper uh, pub in the back in the back garden, mm, mm. Um, and just uh, you know incredible fittings on the the, the, the in all the the places, uh, home entertainment systems, just the the absolute best of the best,
1: and of course drawers full of Rolex watches, wardrobes full of designer. Close a room dedicated to a collection of runners um, of eye watering prizes, Balenciaga and all sorts of stuff. I think there was Liverpool memorabilia from Liam Burns' favorite team. There was glass boxes with Steven Gerrard and Luis Suarez's boots signed. And yes,
0: and never, never, never missed the Liverpool match as well. I mean that that that, mm. that is another thing that 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 was detailed how. Whenever Liverpool played away for European ties, there was a big group being flown over, and I think all of this had become there become a sense that in in that period that that was not going to be traceable or catchable, and that that was how money could be spent without consequence.
1: And of course, at the same time that this house has been raided and and others uh, in that area, those the collection of houses we spoke about, um, Liam Burns' supposed. Uh, Car business, Ellis Active Car Sales, was also being raided. There was a million euro worth of cars removed from it. Now, um, over the preceding years, Byrne himself moved out of Dublin and to Birmingham near his brother-in-law, Bomber Kavanagh. He settled in a house in Dost Hill Road uh, near Tamworth. Sean McGovern, his business partner, moved to Dubai um, after... He discovered he was wanted for questioning in relation to the murder of Noel Duckegg Kerwin. Um others remained to fight the case against the cab. And when the case came to court, um a number of them incredibly looked for free legal aid.
0: Yeah, I mean this is this is uh despite the obvious uh displays of money being spent and the fact that um some of the people, the, the the respondents in the case that were associated with Liam Byrne, um, clearly had had money and assets, and um, they looked for legal aid. And it was one of the first cases I think where legal aid was refused, and I think it was a big moment um, because we all saw with John Gilligan that legal aid and uh, was used to frustrate the case and to drag it out for a huge amount of years. Um, so you know, if legal, when somebody was refused legal aid, they still had the opportunity. It would have cost money, but if the you know the case, if there was a case there to be fought and a case won, the state would have been obliged to pay back their legal fees. So mm-hmm. what happened is that somebody is effectively being told you have to pay for this, and if you win, you will get your money back. Mm-hmm. But obviously, in this case, some people didn't feel that confident when it when when they're having to put their money on the line.
1: A bigger risk and certainly it, it backfired on them as well because when the CAB really fought against that free legal aid application, which was made, by the way, by Jaws and Sadie and by Anita Freeman, who is uh, Sean McGovern's partner, um, the Criminal Assets Bureau put to the court evidence of lifestyle to show that they absolutely could afford a solicitor. And within that came information that so many of them, I think there was eleven respondents in total. The key, the key target was obviously Liam Byrne, but so many of them were on were on uh social welfare. They were on social welfare payments. Um, and then they were able to show that they had traveled abroad, you know, up to 10 times a year, had stayed in luxury hotels, were driving cars, you know, BMWs, Audis, cars, and this, they, they were able to show the spend. And I think it made them, not that they care really about their reputations, but it really looked the height of greed to be looking for this free legal aid while living this lifestyle. Absolutely. And I mean, if you remember, um, you know, part of, I think, what inspired
0: the, the kind of public focus on, on the Byrne Organised Crime Group was, of course, the display at, at David Byrne's funeral. Um, obviously, David Byrne was killed in the Regency Hotel, um, and it's no doubt a tragic loss for his family and for his children. Um, however, there was uh, a funeral um, that was likened you know, by not just by the Sunday World, but by figures in the church and politicians as something akin to a mafia funeral in in, in New York, something something like Out of mm-hmm. the Godfather, where just the, the sheer display of wealth in, in and and ostentation at the funeral, um, I think kind of brought it home to people that this is this this there is this this incredible uh, um, wealth going around and that it is something that needed to be looked at. Um, and I think that did in part lead to a refocusing on on, on the Byrne Organised Crime Group. Um, and of which which Liam obviously was described as as the head of in, in during those court proceedings.
1: Liam Byrne is still based in Birmingham, where his brother-in-law Thomas Bommer Kavana has been jailed and is facing a hefty sentence in relation to the, the drugs and money laundering um convictions that he's got. Liam Byrne's son Lee Byrne continues the family tradition of spending money. He has been uh, he is a, a an Instagram star himself and hangs out with some celebrities. He is often seen at Royal Ascot and driving very flash cars. So the money sort of still washes around. The 400,000 the state are looking for for a rally square seems to be a drop in the ocean. But I think it's more the optics of it is it not? It's taking those properties from them and showing the communities here in Ireland that it's not acceptable to spend wealth like drug wealth like that and to lord it up over everybody else. I'm not sure how many people will be uh, interested in buying that property or, you know, because of its background. Maybe, look, we've seen seen most of them sell eventually, including Jessbrook Equestrian Centre a number of times, um, John Gilligan ain't coming back for anybody there, but um, you know, I think the legacy the Burns left has made a mark on on Dublin, and I think that at least seeing this house being being wrestled from them in a legal way and and put up for sale is is something that uh, the country can be proud of that our criminal assets bureau works the way it should.
0: Yeah, and I think it it shows that um, there was. There was no doubt there was this sense of untouchability that surrounded um Lean Byrne and other key members of the Keenan cartel. I mean, they they felt like they were untouchable for over a decade. And what what was happening was the Gardaí seemed to be getting the middlemen or lesser. They would be caught with drugs, they go to prison, but these guys really they, they, they certainly within the criminal fraternity they were regarded as untouchable. They didn't put their hands at any product, and they were free to spend all this wealth. And I think that that cab operation on Lean Burn really has put a, a real dent in that. That sense that that um, if you go high up enough up the ladder, you're not going to be you're not going to be uh, gotten by the state. But the state have fought back. Uh, Maybe it felt slowly at the time, but very successfully in the, in the medium term.
1: And now finally, Niall, are you going to um, make a call? Are you interested in, in number two? Well, I mean, I will be, I, I, you know, I will be interested in having a look. <laughs> <laughs> OK, thanks very much, Niall. From Sundayworld.com, this is Crime World, produced by Ian Mullaney. Available online and on all podcast platforms. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. And if you want to get in touch, check out our Facebook page. Prime World with Nicola Talent.